welcome to episode 12 of the Underground Christian Podcast. We've been looking at the big spiritual picture of end-time events to help us understand the question of how as Christians were to live in this complex and confusing world. This is not a one-time answer. Learning how to live righteously to God requires us to do several things. Number one, we have to become intimately familiar with the entire Bible and not just those parts that make us feel good about ourselves. That's so that we can understand the context of what's going on in the world. Number two, we need to be consciously aware of what is really going on around us so that we can better discern good and evil and do it rightly. Number three, we have to reject and oppose a satanic agenda even when those things that are part of the agenda give the appearance of being helpful, needful, pleasurable, or comfortable. And number four, we have to embrace whatever tasks we are given to advance Christ's kingdom, help his people, and protect the innocent. Those are the good, broad goals that are nice in theory, but they're hard to implement in practice. Just distinguishing between good and evil, for example, is a challenge in so many ways. We all like to think we're experts at it, yet if it was so simple, then why does God spend so much time warning us about the deadly traps and snares and trickery that we have to avoid in the world? Satan's not stupid, and neither are his army of followers, some of whom knowingly follow him, but in reality, most are just people who go along to get whatever the world says is virtuous and get whatever benefit they can out of it. And if we're honest, all of us have fallen into that trap from time to time. We like success, we like comfort, we like our health and well-being, and these are the things that we pursue, thinking that they must be good and righteous. To be truly righteous, we have to consciously turn on our critical evaluation skills because the world is trying constantly to anesthetize our moral and spiritual compass. On our own, we're going to constantly fall for temptation and follow the easy route to eternal destruction. So God gave us the Bible as a strategic plan into which we can critically evaluate the world around us, placing confusing details into a framework that we can understand. Today we're going to move from the spiritual side of that framework more to the physical side. But before we get there, I want to cover a couple of other issues. I was recently released from the hospital after being felled by COVID. And I'm still on the mend, which is my, my voice kind of sounds bad. And, I'm, you know, this might be a little more rougher than it normally is. This is not going to be as long an episode probably as others because I'm still somewhat weak and in recovery mode. Now, to my truth of brothers and sisters who keep referring to the COVID virus as a fake virus, I know you mean well, but I really encourage you to stop. It's not fake, and you undermine your own credibility when you say things like that. I grant you that all reasonable evidence indicates it is a sophisticated bioweapon that's been unleashed on the world, and it's accomplished its mission admirably, at least if you admire bioweapons. This bioweapon affects different people in different ways, some severely and primarily through respiratory attacks, and some mildly or not at all. For the unvaxxed, it primarily affects the older generations, which I'm skirting. Younger people are rarely affected by the virus and almost never seriously. However, once you take the vax, things change and all bets are off. But the point is that this is a real virus and it has real effects. Whether it was isolated in a lab is beside the point. That is viral response, not viral aggression. Lots of people knew all about this virus long before it was deliberately released and long before a quote-unquote vaccine was developed for it, including how it was made. Our enemies did not release a fake virus that they didn't know how it was made. That's crazy. They released a real virus that affects real people. Now, it's true that they also twisted and manipulated data to make it seem as bad as they possibly could by stopping effective treatments, grouping elderly patients together to get them sick, and combining illness data with the seasonal flu. 
but it was still an engineered and released virus. Whether we can distinguish variants or not, I leave to others, but it really doesn't matter from a practical Christian perspective. People are getting sick. I can tell you firsthand there were a lot of sick people in the hospital I was in, and they are not getting the care they ought to be receiving, because at least in this blue state, our brilliant governor has ordered doctors to stop dispensing the medications that might actually help, while pushing the miserable drug remdesivir that shuts down kidneys and too often leads to death. So let's stop with the fake virus nonsense and focus our job as Christians, which is to help one another and anyone else who needs it. How we should do that in these difficult times may not be clear to many of you, and maybe even that we should be doing that at all, but that's what this podcast is about. What we are not to do is to live in a state of perpetual fear and anxiety over a virus or anything else. Our job is to understand what is going on and find the best way to deal with the situations that face us so that we can continue to implement the commandments of our leader, Jesus Christ. The foundation of our ability to do that effectively lies in our ability to listen to the repeated warnings in the Bible to come out of the world so we can righteously live, which means live in accordance with God's will. And today we're going to begin to see what that actually means by identifying more specifically what the world is. To prepare for this, we have talked about the strategies of Satan. He wants worship, and to accomplish that, he needs to construct a one-world government that will induce the people of the world to worship him or his puppet ruler voluntarily. It does him no good to have involuntary worship, although his puppet leader will take it. Satan is going to obtain the worship he desires through the application of science, technology, and psychology, and these tools are being unleashed on us through human agencies. That's the world. That's where we are biblically, and trust me, these tools are quite capable of creating and inflicting serious spiritual deceptions to bring us by the hand to where Satan wants us to go. So pay attention. First of all, I should point out that while I love my brothers and sisters around the world, I'm focused on what's happening to us right here in America. This is where God has put me, and my job is to deal with the situation wherever it is he puts me. And that includes the rest of us, too. If you're overseas, that's where you were put. Accept where we are and deal with the situation in whatever, whatever situation you are in. Flight's not an option because there will soon be nowhere to flee to. As a former soldier and intelligence analyst, I can tell you that America has come under attack both spiritually and physically. It is not the kind of attack that any of us has seen before, and it's not the blow them up and shoot them down kind of attack, at least not right now. It is, however, an attack that is intended to effectively destroy America as we know it, or at least subjugate it to the will of satanically allied rulers of the earth. We have previously discussed why it is necessary to bring down America, but as a quick recap, during the seven-year period leading up to the return of Jesus Christ, the nation of Israel has to fall to the Antichrist, and right now America protects Israel. I'm not sure how long America will continue to protect Israel, but our warmongers in Washington are probably not too eager to abandon that strategic ally at the moment, so maybe a bit longer. Our war machine makes way too much money off of these endless Middle East wars and conflicts to abandon an ally that easily. But America has to go from the perspective of a protector of Israel to at least being indifferent to its fate. That could mean that America will be physically destroyed, or it could mean that America will be absorbed into a greater government that will not permit it to defend Israel. I'm not sure our enemies, within or without, have a particular preference, so it might end up being a little bit of both. There are two primary groups who have been working to bring down America for decades, both of which are close to succeeding. They are not exactly allies, but they're not exactly enemies either. They are connected to each other in a competitive sort of a way. I'm not talking about the Antichrist right now. He's not here yet because his time has not yet come. He may not be far off, but right now he's not part of this developing picture. 
We're still in the preliminary stages of the end time setup. These two opposing but spiritually allied sides, these I'm talking physical sides now, are the globalists, represented by their foreign policy arm, the World Economic Forum, and the communists, represented by China and to a lesser extent Russia. The globalists are centered in Europe and were behind much of the carnage of the first two world wars and every war ever since. They love war. They make tons of money off of war and through war are able to tear down and rebuild governments to their liking. There are many rabbit holes you can explore in these areas that will fill you in on details, but honestly, they can be difficult to navigate and most don't really help us live as Christians. So I'm just going to provide the big 20,000 foot picture of what's going on. As I said in a previous episode, in the 1990s, the American government made the strategic decision to relocate most of our manufacturing capacity overseas, mostly to China. It was an act of economic suicide, but no one raised an alarm at the time, or at least no one who had any influence. It was sold to America as a great way to clean up the environment by getting rid of polluters. Environmental activism is frequently found in the middle of suicidal economic and political policies because it provides a superficial and plausible justification for enacting such policies, although the real intent of these policies has nothing to do with saving the earth from pollution. How can moving a factory from America, where we have regulatory control over pollution, to China, where we have zero control, possibly save the earth from pollution? It's irrational. That makes it a deception. So we were told how wonderful it was going to be to move from a manufacturing economy to a service economy so that we could have higher paying and more leisurely jobs and not work so hard. It was the allure of greed and pleasure, and it was a lie. It was a massive wealth transfer away from the American public through loss of jobs and into the hands of the globalists so they could control our economy and drive it, so to speak. They intended to make a country of soft, medicated people who were dependent upon commercialism and consumerism, especially consumerism that's manufactured elsewhere. Today we're seeing the effect of this disastrous policy as China has a death grip on the goods and materials that America needs to continue functioning as a country. Everyone loves Amazon, but all those products don't just magically appear in their warehouses. They have to be manufactured, transported, and distributed to the people who need them, and right now, we are seeing supply chain disruptions that will grow in frequency and severity. China has leverage over most of the goods that we consume, but at least we're still able to grow our own food, at least for now. But don't worry, because the globalists are quietly working on that too. So China is on one side. They have the world's largest army, and soon will have the largest navy. They are extremely sophisticated in space operations, cyber operations, and electronic warfare operations. They have conventional weapons that are at least as sophisticated as ours. They are developing super soldiers through the application of external human enhancement devices and internal transhuman changes that will make them superior to any soldiers we can field. They have EMP weapons, hypersonic weapons, nuclear weapons, and bioweapons. They are well-armed, aggressive, and openly hostile to America and its world influence. They're exceptionally well-equipped to assist with international peacekeeping efforts anywhere in the world including in the United States, if asked. But for the moment, they sit in the background. Our primary physical world opponents here in the West are the globalists. They establish and control the many secret societies that you may have heard about. They are run by a shady group of reclusive internationalists from some of the most famous families in the world. Some of them are the British royal family, the Rothschilds, the Vanderbilts, and several European names that are probably less familiar to you. The next level down are their servants, the billionaires, George Soros, Bill and Melinda Gates, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, and many others. 
Further down the control chain are the media members, entertainers, actors, publishers, and producers. Companies like Disney, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, yes, them too, and almost every one of your favorite entertainers, all doing the will of their globalist masters. All of these people would be very familiar to you. The globalists are able to implement and project their agenda because at this point, they pretty much own everything of importance. I'm going to play a clip, an audio clip, that quickly summarizes how much they own, and you can fact check it yourself if you feel like it. It's another useful, if time consuming, rabbit hole to go down, but of all the rabbit holes, it's pretty easy to navigate. I apologize for not having the name of the originator of this clip. Many clips get rebroadcast, and video posters don't always cite the originating source like they should. This one was reposted by Jim Crenshaw in BitChute, as well as the second one that I'm going to play. Listen to the organizational structure and picture of how easy it is to exert top-down control under these conditions. So BlackRock and Vanguard own everything. And I mean everything. So for example, you can find all of this on Yahoo Finance. Go there, type in a company, look at the ownership breakdown. This is Pepsi. Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street. This is Coca-Cola. These are the food brands they own. I'm telling you, just go to Yahoo Finance and look it up. This is no bullshit. They own Twitter, they own Facebook, they own Alphabet, which is the parent company of Google and YouTube. They own Apple, they own Microsoft. They are enormous investors in Android. So Apple and Android, both owned by them. They own IBM, they own Intel. They own all the software companies and computer companies that you would look at social media on, which they own the social media companies. They own the travel booking companies, they own the airplane companies. They own Shell, they own BP, they own Exxon, they own the mining companies that we use, and they own the metals. They own the agricultural industry and the machines used to harvest that agriculture. They own Big Pharma, they own the banks, so they hold your money. They also own Visa, they own MasterCard. They own practically everything. They work closely with the federal government, giving them loans and grants. They own the media you watch, CBS, NBC, CNN, HBO, TNT, Stars, and feel free to fact check me. Go to Yahoo Finance, type in these companies, and look at the top four or five stockholders. You will find Vanguard and BlackRock and sometimes Berkshire Hathaway at the top every time. The more companies you type in, the more this is going to freak you out. So who invests in Vanguard and BlackRock and who does Vanguard and BlackRock invest their money into? Clintons, the Bushes, the Obamas, Schiff, Pelosi, Schumer, McConnell. And so when you go to look up who owns Vanguard, it's private. That's where it gets tricky because these people like to keep a low profile. The Orsini family, the Bush Foundation and the Bush family, and both of them are Skull and Bones alum from Yale if you want to go like hopping down that rabbit hole. That's a whole nother story. The Royal Family, some of the other names I'm sure you've heard of are the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds. The Vanderbilt family, and if you look closely, who is that? Anderson Cooper, Mr. CNN. These two companies, along with State Street and Berkshire Hathaway, make roughly 86% of the money in the world. Go look it up. It is all there if you're willing to take the time to research it. And maybe next time when CNN is pushing a Pfizer vaccine, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to take that. And then Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are fact-checking that and censoring people and doctors that speak out against it. Think twice and then think one more time. These people do not care about you or I, they care about themselves. 
There are five organizations which own enough stock in the Western world to have a controlling interest in over 85% of all economic assets, including industry, commerce, finance, and farming. They are Vanguard, BlackRock, Blackstone, State Street, and Berkshire Hathaway. These companies are privately held, meaning that you and I cannot find out who the actual owners are. Their owners are the ruling elite of the world, the cabal that has been working to construct a one-world government for decades. They own virtually everything, including our politicians. In the old days, when I was a military intelligence analyst, a counterintelligence group existed to identify any potential vulnerabilities within the intelligence group. They wanted to know if we'd been compromised financially, politically, socially, or privately, because compromised people could be controlled. There is no doubt that our entire political system on both sides has been heavily compromised. The first and most effective way is financially. God hates bribes because bribes are Satan's way of controlling human sin. Proverbs 17.23 states, The wicked accepts a bribe in secret to pervert the ways of justice. The owners of the world's wealth and financial systems apply tremendous temptations to politicians in the form of money for their campaigns. Politicians become dependent on this money and are therefore easily controlled by their assigned handlers. Once they're in power, they are required to attend power parties with other players. At these parties, they become compromised on another moral level, that of sexual and ethical sin. Things happen at these parties, sometimes voluntarily, sometimes because the handlers set them up. They get drunk or are drugged, and then young people are brought in to engage with them in various perverse ways and photographed and recorded. This kind of activity is rampant in the power structure of the world, which is what Jeffrey Epstein was involved with. He had a private island, actually several, where very young children were used for very horrible purposes. There's a whole world of power people who are heavily involved in these kind of activities because, quite frankly, they're closet Satanists and this is part of their satanic belief system. Once compromised in this way, politicians are very easily controlled. It doesn't always take compulsion, though, because there are politicians who voluntarily join the cabal to implement its one-world system from within. They take their orders from a hierarchy of handlers and do what they're told. This is why there seems to be no unified, coherent resistance to the relentless march toward authoritarianism in America and around the world. The cabal controls both sides of the American political aisle. Oh, they allow the appearance of squabbling and artificial outrage over this and that policy, but the goal of the cabal is always being advanced no matter who's in control of Congress or the White House. Many top politicians were trained at institutions with grand-sounding names that are run by the globalists. At those institutions, and I'm not talking just about America, I'm talking about foreign politicians as well. At those institutions, they're identified as future assets and are groomed and placed into positions of power. If you think a cabal that controls over 85% of the Western world's wealth, all the banks, the tech companies, the energy companies, the communication companies, the media, and even our military through the weapons companies can't exert control over an election to make sure their people win, you're very, very naive. So what is the world? It is an organized human system designed to advance the agenda of Satan on the earth. And we are living right in the middle of its biggest operation right now. How do we come out of the world? Well, we can't physically, but we can spiritually. Remember, there's a connection between what's going on physically in our world and what's taking place spiritually. The spiritual objective is to organize the people of the world into a monolithic group mind that will worship the beast and the beast system, which is a coming system that will worship Satan through physical means. In this next clip, we're going to be introduced to a subject that's going to be difficult for some of you to accept. 
People who do not keep up with the rapidly evolving sciences and technologies are going to find some of this very hard to believe, and that's okay. I'm going to let this commentator provide you with the overview of what the globalists are trying to do, and as this series progresses, we'll break it down and see where and how we need to withdraw from the system, from the world. If this seems to be too much to believe, I'm sorry, but it's actually much worse than it's actually in this clip. So get ready to keep your mind open and absorb the hard truths of this world for the sake of God and righteousness. Remember, the end times are coming, and God has already told us how terrible they're going to be. Do you think the lead-up is going to be a cakewalk? Here's the clip. The purpose of fear is to call us into action, and there is plenty to be afraid of today. Half the population has lined up for an untested, deadly, and debilitating experimental injection because they were told to be afraid of an invisible asymptomatic disease. The perpetrators of all this have clearly stated their goal of having 80% of the population hooked up to an artificial intelligence hive mind in less than nine years. For those of us who have awoken from the spell, we know this is all really happening, and it's unbelievably unsettling to see. But there is only two things to do. We continue sounding the alarm because it's a numbers game. If enough people awaken from the cult spell, then we win. But even when we win, and we eventually will, the days of convenience are soon coming to an end. Ricardo Delgado has a master's in biostatistics. His postgraduate studies included microbiology, epidemiology, and immunology. He is the founder of the fifth column. Delgado has published videos of electron microscopy taken at the University of Almeria in Spain of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine showing what can best be described as self-organizing nanostructures. The videos show that as the Pfizer mRNA vaccine evaporates, nano-sized structures begin to form. Multiple structures that appear to be the same things. Things that look like microchips and electronic circuitry. Pfizer has reportedly made 33 different batches, which have all been cataloged in a database, some dangerous and others seemingly innocuous. So these things maybe aren't in every vial, but the FDA has said that they need 75 years to tell us all the details, so maybe they are. At a World Economic Forum 2018 conference, the chief executive officer of Pfizer expressed excitement for invasive nanotech referring to the recent FDA approval of a tablet with a sensor that can notify medical authorities of compliance. It is a basically biological chip that it is in the tablet. And once you take the tablet and dissolves into your stomach, it sends a signal that you took the tablet. So imagine the applications of that, uh, compliance. Later that year, a nanotransistor chip is unveiled that replaces silicone with air. Just this week, a COVID implantable microchip developer claimed we will be chipped whether we like it or not. There has been much talk about graphene oxide and nanotech in the vaccines, which the media vehemently claims is not true. But how would they know? And why would anyone trust a word that they say about any of this? If there are nanocircuits being created within the bodies of the vaccinated, this would explain the videos we've seen of IP addresses coming from the jabbed a newly activated network of nanocircuits, unique to each individual. One of the leading experts of nanotechnology, Charles Lieber, has written patents describing a technology that has the potential to self-assemble into tiny computer systems capable of controlling human neurology. 
which is exactly what Delgado's electron microscopy of the Pfizer jab appears to be. Charles Lieber was just convicted on numerous crimes for working with the communist Chinese in Wuhan, where Pfizer ran a research and development facility. Elon Musk expects to be implanting his Neuralink into human beings this year and claims that they could put you fully into virtual reality, as if this is somehow important for humanity. For humanity, it isn't. But for the transhumanist, it's a necessity. And if you listen to the psychopaths orchestrating all of this, transhumanism is officially their stated goal. And they won't need Elon's implantable chip. With injectable nano-sized circuitry in the human brain and nervous system, non-intrusive wearable tech will do the job just fine. And this is rapidly being developed by Welcome Leap, a privately run umbrella corporation connecting DARPA, Silicon Valley, and the military, who has tripled their network in less than a year, boasting success for the deadly mRNA vaccines and pushing to accelerate new ones designed to correct every so-called flaw of the human psyche that stands in the way of productivity to an authoritarian state run by artificial intelligence that monitors and controls their neurological functions 24-7. This is exactly what they say they want by the year 2030. So either the vaccines are a way of interfacing the new transhuman with AI technology, or they're lying and it's all about depopulation, which is what the latest data is showing. Natural News recently estimated billions of deaths if it isn't stopped in the next year. It obviously isn't about public health, and whether it's about depopulation or transhumanism, it is a threat to all of humanity. We could ponder until the end about why anyone would want to do this, but the real question is why are we letting them? So ultimately, our existence here in the physical world is a game of loyalty. Satan wants your loyalty to your physical health and well-being. He wants your loyalty to peace and safety. He wants your loyalty to ease and leisure. He wants your loyalty to pleasure and pride. That way, when his people make us sick or threaten us with sickness, unrest, or unsafe conditions, we will submit to their demands to preserve our physical health, well-being, safety, and lifestyle. When our basic value system stops being the righteousness of God and obedience to Christ's commandments and becomes the pursuit of solutions to peace, that is lack of conflict, personal comfort, health, safety, success, then we subject ourselves to supporting the evolving world system. Christians are supposed to resist anything that is unrighteous, even if it leads to our own ill health, discomfort, and even suffering, because unrighteousness is anti-God and anti-Christ. Therefore, we are to pursue only righteous things in Christ, which requires us to know the difference between righteous things and unrighteous ones, between right and wrong and good and evil. Properly identifying these things is how we withdraw from the world system. That process requires education, knowledge, and application. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Well, there is tremendous knowledge floating around in the world today, but we need the right knowledge in the right context in the right worldview to avoid spiritual entrapments and ultimately spiritual destruction. So what God has done for us is to create an outline of end-time activities so that we can put the details of life into the appropriate context to evaluate when we are proceeding down the righteousness path and when we're starting to stray. Unless we're experts in everything, which I'm not, 
This is the best method for sorting out truth and figuring out our response to situations in a complex world filled with a dizzying amount of information and choices. This podcast is covering practical things that we can do to prepare for this rapidly approaching end time period so that we will be found to be doing our job when Christ comes back for us. Because as Jesus said in Matthew 24, 46, Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. But for now, I need some recovery time from this COVID, so this little episode will have to do. If you found this podcast interesting, useful, important, or at least entertaining, please recommend it to someone you know who might benefit by it. Give it a thumbs up or a happy face or whatever else your app has to encourage others to listen. This is not a commercial enterprise and I'm not a professional podcaster, but just a small and unlikely guy doing what I can to bring a sliver of light to the darkness of the world. There is no budget for this podcast, or not much of one anyway, so it's limited to what I can invest both in time and money, which is why it doesn't get posted as much as I would like. Hopefully God will allow me to keep posting this podcast at some interval, so please pray to that end. Pray that it benefits the listeners spiritually and maybe even physically as we develop some capabilities of the broadcast and the ministry. Underground Christian can be heard on several platforms, including Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, TuneIn, iHeart, Player FM, Listen Notes, and Pandora. I'm going to post it to BitChute and see how that goes. Look for the bright green icon because here at Underground Christian, we're all about green because God's garden is green. If you wish to contact us, please send an email to undergroundchristian at outlook.com. I will respond as soon as I can. If you wish to help with a podcast, maybe in a material presentation, research, or website development, please let me know in an email. Until next time, keep your eyes up, your head down, and prepare yourself to do the work of God. But if your heart's hard like stone toward God, just ask Him and He'll give you a new soft one, like flesh. But you have to ask. But if you do, you will become one of the victors who will triumph over evil with Christ and be rewarded with an eternal life with God, which is a great and unfathomable promise. So don't settle for Satan's forgery.